This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 280. The people that are trying to write a testimonial for you or trying to explain to you without a third party, sometimes they, they get nervous about making it just right. And through the process of just like communication of a third party, they're able to like just tell a story about what happened with working with you without feeling the pressure of, I need to make it just right because I want to respect them because they have helped change my life. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Welcome to the show. It's wonderful to have you here. As I'm recording this, the sky has opened and a beautiful rain is settling in here in North Texas, which we are so appreciative of. And I hope if you hear it hitting the roof, you are able to enjoy it with me. It is absolutely just the soft, beautiful rain. I want to let you know just how grateful I am that you are joining us. And today we've got a wonderful show about getting your message out to your client. And this is through the world of copywriting. And as with so many things that we talk about here in the Star Coach Show, I hope that you realize that the importance of using client language is something that comes very natural to us as coaches. We know that clients feel heard and understood when we use their language. Therefore, it makes logical sense that if we're in a place of wanting to draw their attention, draw attention of prospects, we use language from those people with whom we've worked, because that's going to resonate about what we do and the kind of of, uh, transformation that we bring that's going to attract other potential clients to that. So before I get into telling you all about our fabulous guest and her process for writing copy that draws people into your business. I just want to welcome you if this is your first time to the show, and uh, or if it's your 100th or 200th time to the show, that we're just excited to have you here. And I continue my commitment to bring you ways to communicate more effectively, ways to bring our coaching into the world. So the Star Coach Show is all about helping leaders communicate more effectively, helping coaches connect with resources and strategies and different tools to help you be the best you can be and build that business that you're building or create the skill set so that you can confidently bring your coaching into the world because very truthfully, that's what the world needs. And one way to do that is through the message we're going to bring today which is finding your voice and giving your voice a place, a purpose, so that you can bring your message to people who need to hear it. Now, for those of you who are familiar with me, yes, my voice is a little congested this week. I had a wonderful opportunity to spend the weekend in Houston with a room full of leaders, and we worked on how to 
It didn't even feel like work. It was so joyful and so wonderful to help them learn coaching techniques so that they could use those in their leadership style. It was such a fulfilling, beautiful weekend, yet I came back full of congestion. So that's what you're hearing here. Back in Dallas now, feeling a little congested, but wanting to give you your voice through your copywriting and determine whether you're being as effective with your messaging as you can be. And that is where my fabulous guest this week comes in. Sarah Talbert is a copywriting strategist that is trusted by six and seven figure business owners everywhere. She is the founder of Sandbar Marketing, and she's developed a proven research process to really dig out the language of our ideal clients and research their behaviors and then turn that into copy for websites and blogs and social media and whatever you're wanting to get your message out into, Sarah knows how to help you do that. So in today's interview, we're going to dive into what does that process look like and how can we be most effective with our messaging so that we're really letting people know what it is that we do and speaking in a way that they really want to listen. So let's go to my interview with Sarah Talbert. Sarah Talbert, welcome to the Star Coach Show. And how are you in Florida today? We're doing lovely. It's going to be about 80 degrees today. So I'm really excited. Can't beat that with a stick. You know, my sister just said that it was negative nine in Michigan, northern Michigan, where she lives. So I'm thinking I'd go for the Florida. I'll take it. Yes, absolutely. We are going to talk about some really exciting things today about being really effective with the messaging that we choose whether that is through social media posts or blogging or podcasting or whatever it is, how are we getting that message out so that it really resonates with our audience? Being a copywriter, this is your sweet spot. But before we go to all the great content we're going to focus on today, I'd love to begin with just learning a little bit about what is it about copywriting that lights you up and and doing the work that you do? Yeah. So great question, because it goes back to the beginning of my journey to finding copywriting. And I have a degree in accounting that I have never used. And from that kind of spurred this, what do I even want to do with my life? Totally get that. I was, I start, I want, I started in high school doing a speech therapy internship. And I loved it. I loved the process of, I worked with a lot of stroke victims and I was able to give them the tools they needed to get their voice back because their mind was there, but their body wouldn't let them say the things that they wanted to say. And in that process, I I fell in love with it. And, um, but then there were some hiccups in the school that I wanted to go to. And so I just kind of didn't fight for what I wanted and went to the school that other people kind of suggested that I go to. And that didn't have the program that I wanted. And I feel like that was a spiral into what am I even doing with myself? And so that kind of led me to like start asking deeper questions of myself. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? I had a little boy at the time that I got my accounting degree with, finished my accounting degree with, 
And so I was like, I want to show up for him in a way that he can see like, it's good to pursue the things that you want to do and pursue the gifts that you have. And through that process, I started realizing I really lost my own voice. And so like in the journey of giving other people their voice, I lost my own. And so the writing has always been a skill that I've had because I feel like I can just write better than talk or I can write first before I talk. And so the copywriting journey has just allowed me to have my own voice, but also give a voice to entrepreneurs. Because sometimes I feel like they don't, they have this big heart and this big vision and coaches especially want to help people navigate situation. And so giving them the voice to be able to make that impact has, is what the piece that lights me up. Oh, so good. And you're right. I mean, and the other thing about that is that there are many people with many different talents that can help us be that much richer in what we're offering. So maybe we're not a specialist in how we want to get the written word down and how to say it in such a way that that really draws attention or, or, you know, stands out in the bazillion things that are out there. And therefore, using somebody's expertise, working with somebody who has a different expertise and a different thing that can help target our message. I mean, how exciting is that? And also, you know, we can only do so much. So what else is out there to be able to potentially help us thrive in our businesses? So when Sarah and I were talking about all the great information she could bring forward, we really uh, zeroed in on this concept of, are we being most effective with our messaging? I have to say that recently I've gotten some copywriting edits back and, and I've been like, oh my gosh, why didn't I see it that way? Or, you know, it's just it's getting those outside eyes on it to be able to I tend to be, I know this is going to shock everybody, a little wordy. So um, having somebody kind of slash through, you know, these 15 sentences could be these two sentences. So when we think about being effective in our messaging, where do we want to start with that? Yeah. So I have a framework that I kind of show clients before working with them, or I talk about it on my own social media. And I, as the copywriter, haven't quite labeled it yet, other than just calling it good copy. This is how you get good copy, but it's a Venn diagram and it has the three three areas that help make our marketing and our messaging the most effective. And one of the circles is your own voice. You need to have your own voice and the, the way you talk and the cadence and the tone and personality. The uh, another circle is your audience's voice. And so you need to understand how they're describing their own journey or we talk over them. We talk in industry language and lingo and they don't quite connect because that's not the way they're describing their problems at the water cooler, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the third one is kind of just copy techniques and like kind of like formulas or different things that kind of help make that wordiness kind of more succinct. succinct. Yes. So that's awesome. So we've got, you know, our own voice. And and I I was smiling when you said that, because I was just catching up with a former student of mine last week. And she said, I love your newsletters because they just sound like you're you're talking to us. So probably uh, some of that wording, you know, that I'm working on, on being more concise, but 
She said, it just sounds so much like you. I just laugh because what you put in there just sounds like you. So, you know, maybe, maybe I need to temper that a little bit, but, but my own voice. And then that anything that we want to like, if we were to zero in on these three circles, anything, any tips or tricks, or even thoughts that we want to give around our own voice and how to sort of be responsible with that or how to maybe be free with it. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts about our own voice? So for your own voice piece, I feel like there are different ways we can use that in different pieces of our messaging. And so for like our website, we need to have, it needs to be more succinct. And for sales pages, it needs to be more succinct. I feel like sometimes in our emails, that's where we get to do the storytelling and you Mm -hmm. do get to be more wordy and where people can really get to know the deeper stories behind why they'd want to connect with you or social media on that, in that sort of way. And so that again, kind of, they all play into each other, but that again is kind of that copy technique piece in that Mm -hmm. good copy. And on our sales pages, sometimes it's, um, Going back to, and I know as a coach or the coach is listening, we were driven by our values and we speak from our values. And so sometimes that, that tone and that voice and all of that can come from the values that we have. And so uh, sometimes I talk about one of my values is spontaneity. And I just like, I, ha- I need to be able to be spontaneous and I need my schedule to, I work hard and I work fast when I work, but I need a schedule that allows me to take 30 minutes and go for a walk whenever I need to. And I work from that place. But that also drives some of the language that I use, because I'll say things like, do you want to just let your hair down and write this or that? Or do you want to go for a drive with the wind windows down or that kind of visual that allows people to connect with my voice, but also my brand and and sort of your spirit mm-hmm. of, of who you are. That's so good. Yeah. Now, I think we're probably going to spend a little more more time on the audience's voice because there's definitely some tricks and things we need to be cognizant of when it comes to our audience voice. So what do we want to get really clear about in that regard? So I have a process that before I write any copy that I walk my clients through. And so it starts with talking to their past and current clients. Because I think a lot of times, like I said before, we we are so used to the trainings that we have as coaches or the we're talking to other coaches all the time, but not all the time are we coaching coaches. Sometimes right. we might be, but not always are we coaching coaches. And so the the language is like I call it water cooler language. And so it's hard to I use this example as because we're, we're about to buy a house. And so when a realtor walks you into a house, you want to, the realtor wants you to feel like you can sit down and imagine yourself having breakfast at the breakfast nook or mm-hmm. imagine yourself in the backyard playing whatever, whatever. Yeah. But that's kind of what we want people to feel when they land on our social media. And when they land on any of our messaging is we want them to feel like they can picture themselves walking through this journey with you. And so the process of talking to some of these past clients is going to give us insight into how they see us, how they see our industry, how they, how they're talking about it versus how we are. And so one of the things there is I think, and I was actually sharing with Sarah before we started the recording that I had met with my coach yesterday 
around some videos that I had done. And he said, uh, you want to be careful of the coaching lingo. And I said, really? I used coaching. I didn't even really realize that I had. So we don't want to use industry language. We want to use the language that is going to be easy, the water cooler language of our client base. Mm-hmm. So now, luckily, those videos that I did were actually for coaches, but that still the, the concept is, you know, and I've heard before that we want to do around sixth grade comprehension, reading level. Reading okay. level. Yep. And so that's something that I would encourage everybody to think about. Are you sort of coming from what makes sense to you and your level or, or are you doing it? Are, are you wording your message in a way that's going to be easily comprehensible for whoever is, is landing on that page? Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, a lot of times I, I'll give this example. I did a research service for a lawyer and his ad spend was like through the roof for his Facebook ads that he was trying to run. And he was like, but it's not, it's not working. So I need to do something. And so we took a look at like all of his messaging. And then I walked through talking to his current past clients and also like paralegals and mm-hmm. the whole process. And talking to him, he said, "My, I'm like, well, what makes you unique? What do you think makes you different than these other lawyers that are mm-hmm. competing against? Because it sounds like, and this can relate to the coaches listening, there's a lot of coaches. And so you feel like you're one lawyer out of a thousand and one, one couch out of 10,000 or 10, uh, 10, 10, whatever lots. Yes. Yeah. A lot of them. And so I was like, well, what makes you unique? And he kept talking about his deposition process. That's amazing. My deposition. I was like, I don't. Do your clients like, care oh, about your deposition yeah, process? Yeah. Yeah. But I talked to so many of his clients and every single one of them used the same phrase and said, he makes me feel like a human. And so I was like, well, that's huge. Nobody goes to a lawyer thinking like, he's going to make me feel human. We feel like a number. And so that was the other thing in the conversations we had was, I was like, well, who have you spoken to prior to hiring him? And they'd say, well, we'd go to an office and we just feel like this number that we have to wait in line for. He makes us feel like a human. And so that begins your customer journey of a conversation in your messaging of have you worked with other lawyers and they made you feel like a number. We're different in that you can you feel like a human. You are, you're respected and so forth. And so yeah, making sure that we're getting the way they're describing what they've experienced. And then you take that information that you got from the interviews, those key themes and points, and you build those into the ads, which mm-hmm. then hopefully attract, I'm willing to bet that that really shifted things for his ad, ads. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's so good. So, you know, certainly we can have more conversations with our, our past clients. We can have, we might hire somebody to do that if we're afraid that our clients are, aren't going to be as honest with us as, I mean, hopefully they will, but, but the, the other side of that is there's something about having a third party sort of create that interview process. It's sort of like coaches when you do a 360 interview for one of your your clients. You're getting key information from people who are primary in their lives to be able to give that information back to your client about the way that their leadership is or the way their communication is or those kinds of things. So that's sort of what you do with 
your clients' clients, huh? Yeah. And it, it turns out really well too, because we we get that customer journey and that's my own lingo for copywriting. So, but we get the process that they have from walking beginning to end of working with you. But then it also, we also pull testimonials. We pull video testimonials and written testimonials from those conversations. So they're actually effective in, um, I call them testimonials that raise revenue because we, we want, we don't want just a testimonial that says she was amazing. That doesn't like give future people any insight into how you work. And so it adds that extra layer of value to get testimonials like that. But I wanted to add as well that the, the way in which you can have a third party come in and interview, you had mentioned that it, it allows people to be more, more honest. And sometimes people are scared of that, but I think I mean it in a positive way in that the people that are are trying to write a testimonial for you or trying to explain to you without a third party. Sometimes they they get nervous about making it just right. And through the process of just like communication of a third party, they're able to like, just tell a story about what happened with working with you without feeling the pressure of, I need to make it just right because I want to respect them because they have helped change my life. That is really key. And I can imagine that as you get clear about what that client journey is about, I would think that it's also revealing for the practitioner, not just for the, so like you said, the attorney was focusing on this great deposition process that he had. (laughs) And I just wonder what it was like for him to hear you say what your clients are saying is that you make them feel like they're human and And heard and and seen and and how powerful, because maybe he didn't have that insight. And I will say probably 75% of the the times that I've done this process, someone cries either on the call with the clients or when I deliver the process, they cry because they, they, you've worked so hard to deliver an impact or like in my case, you give a voice to something mm-hmm. and you never quite know the impact. You might feel it or you might hear it every now and then, but having it recorded or seeing clients cry, like mm-hmm. it, it adds to, okay, I can keep going and I can keep doing this because it's worth it. Oh, really important. The other thing that that leads me into then is us being clear about the transformation that the client is looking for. The tra- And can you talk more about the importance of that and how we might get some clarity about that? Yeah. So I'm trying to think of an example. So I worked with a life coach once and she had, she was trying to narrow down on who she was talking to more specifically. And so I was like, well, let me just run this process through many of your clients and see if I can see some key. Sort of that ideal client. Yes. The ideal client. Uh And after talking to them, many of them were probably 55 and older women that were kind of moving into empty nesting. And she was like, I had never seen that. Like I have worked with so many that I hadn't seen that being the majority of why people were coming to me. And so after talking with them, that transformation of like, we came up with that her headline for her new niche should be something I can't remember exactly, but it was something like your best life is still ahead of you. And so so the the promise is like, 
you feel like you've done all the best things in your past life or in raising children or in a career or in all these things, but they're, they, they still want to be able to look ahead. And so, but that came through those conversations of listening to people. What, what is it that you came to her for? And just the, sometimes it's hearing people say something negative and flipping it to the positive. And so what I mean by that is them saying, well, I feel like I've already accomplished it all. I feel like I've already done it all. And so flipping it and say, no, there's still more you get to do. And coaches are great at that, flipping Mm -hmm. the script, changing it. And so I think if you're able to just listen to conversations with the coaching that you're already doing, what are some of the negative things? And then flipping the script for them. And like I say, use it back on them, you know, use that messaging back towards them. Does that answer? Oh, it does. It's so good. And I think that the other important thing there is that, you know, when we know the transformation that we're working towards, and I actually, I did a solo episode about, you know, what is the transformation? Because that's wording we want to use in our messaging, right? I mean, we want to be talking about that transformation and what that feels like and what that looks like and what that experience is and how working with us can help somebody get there because that's what clients are looking for. They're looking for the transformation. And how are they describing that transformation? Yeah. So we're using their language instead of our language. Yay. Yay. So good. <laughs> so then the, the third circle in your Venn diagram is copy technique. And we had thought about maybe sharing some tips for great ways to do posting or blogging or so what are some copywriting techniques or tips that you might be willing to share with the audience? Yeah, that feels really large. Um, Yeah, I bet it does, which is why, you know, you go wherever you want with that. Yeah, yeah. So my first thought is to share like a copywriting formula that I like to use that's fairly popular. And I've taught on it a lot. And, but it's called PAS is what it stands for. And I don't know if you, if you've heard of it or if anyone listening, but it stands for problem agitate solution. And so if we can introduce what problem they're having immediately, and also since we're talking to coaches, coaches are really good at questions. And so introducing the problem in the form of the question, in the form of a question are are you struggling with? Have you experienced this? And then the fill in the blank piece are some of those pieces that you've been hearing them talk about and that they keep coming to you for. But we don't want to just start with a problem and give them a solution. We want to agitate it a little bit. And the agitate piece, I often consider being the empathy and the compassion piece. And I know that sound, might sound contradictory that we're agitating. agitating? The problem. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're poking at it. But especially as coaches, we we don't want people staying where they are. We want them moving forward. And so that agitate piece is getting them a little uncomfortable where they are so that they do move forward because pain is a good motivator. And so like, do you still want to stay where you are? Do you still want to fill in the blank with this? And maybe you've been experiencing this and this and this, and like that kind of agitate and Mm -hmm. let it's compassion at the same time, because we are letting them know we understand where they are. And we don't, and then it's more compassionate with the solution piece, because we're giving them a solution to their problem. And so the PAS problem agitate solution, have you been struggling with this? I see you. 
I know that you're struggling with this. And then here's the solution. And sometimes the solution is just like, read this blog post. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the solution is, you know, sign up for a discovery call. Mm -hmm. Um, But the solution can be, or maybe the solution is go for a walk today. Tell me if you've gone for a walk today, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't always have to be sales, but just. Right. Because don't our, don't our posts also want to build relationships and build, if every post is just buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. Well, then I'm not going to be reading very many of those posts after a while, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so giving them solutions and small wins through letting them know you understand their pain and agitating it a little bit with the compassion piece and the empathy piece lets them lean in a little closer and go, oh, well, I did go for the walk and I do think she knows exactly where I'm at. Maybe I'll read her next post, you know? And begin to build that relationship, begin to create that no like trust factor. People are unlikely to buy from the very first time that they bump into you on social media or your blog somewhere or bump into your, even your website. It takes building that relationship. And I think that that's key. What else? I was going to say, I I picture that sometimes when clients want to write like just sales posts or I even want to write it because sometimes it's easier to just throw that on there versus think about how I can connect. Trying to visualize if I'm going to the grocery store and someone asked me to marry them, like just running into somebody, it feels weird. It's awkward. That's dumb. No one's going to do that. But sometimes that's how we approach social media because there's not a face behind the Mm -hmm. post. And so um, I think if we can think about just running into someone at the grocery store and just saying, hey, how are you? You know, that's a much better approach and the way we do it naturally as humans. Yeah, absolutely. Any other tips or tricks that you wanted to share? Let me ask you this. How often would you recommend that people, like if they're doing a blog, how often they blog? Or so, so let's talk a little bit about consistency and the flow of giving content. That's a good question. So my suggestion is often two blogs a month. If blogging is your main, a good strategy is to one good strategy I've seen that has worked is to blog two times a month and have that be like what I would call like a piece of content, a pillar of content, Mm -hmm. and then be able to take from that blog and pull out a quote for social media or pull out the headings of your blog and have, then you have two weeks worth of content. And then you also feel like you're being consistent with Mm -hmm. the, the, with what you're actually sharing. And so if I'm were, were to be writing about the research method, then I could write a post about research and then have bullet points about that. And then for two weeks, I could talk about that consistently Versus my audience feeling like, oh, well, she's talking about her dog and now she's talking about this and now she's like, you know, it Mm -hmm. feels more consistent. And so I've seen that work really well. And then it also kind of time blocks some of your schedule so that you're able to just get in, write something and then pull it out. So good. Do you have an idea what a good length or or like, yeah, how robust a a blog should be? No. Okay. I don't. (laughs) Well, I think some people do. And and so I was on a call yesterday where one of the guy says, I just do like little short blogs. Other people, I think, do like a full article. I mean, I guess it's just whatever it, works well for you. And, yeah, your and I think it depends on your goals. And so by that, I mean, 
sometimes people are trying to rank for SEO, rank at the top of Google. And so Google has its own rubric of things that they like to check for. They like to check for headings and backlinks, and it can get quite complicated on that end. But I also know people who they blog, like you said, just a short paragraph and people like they love it because they know it's consistently coming at Tuesday at two o'clock or whatever. And they, I have an email that comes to me every Friday and it's called the stupid email and stupid is an acronym, but he's got like a lot of images and a lot of copy and a lot of like unique tips that it's Mm -hmm. like that I look forward to reading. And Mm -hmm. I doubt he's writing for SEO as a goal. He's writing to engage his readers and give a lot of value. So my suggestion is always when testing a new thing is to test it and try it and see if people are reading it and go from there. I think that's excellent. Plus, I mean, people are busy. So bite-sized content, I think sometimes is is, uh, better received than, oh my gosh, I don't have time to read this full page kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So so, so, so good. Now we had talked in our pre-interview and, and I know we're about to kind of wrap up and we're, we're getting close to, to the end, but I, we had talked about just being sure that we find our own voice. And I know we talked about that a little bit, but between, so our own voice, our audience voice, and then using copy technique, we've got that sweet spot in the middle of the Venn diagram. Anything else about sort of stepping into our space and kind of owning our piece of the market that you wanted to add to that? Yeah. So I gave this tip somewhere else. I can't remember. And everyone loved it. So I'll I'll share here is one way to think about your own voice is one quick tip. That's not the fun one, but one quick tip is to record yourself talking and listen to it and maybe transcribe some of it to be able to like put that down on paper. I don't know. That's not fun. No one likes to listen to themselves talk. But I tell coaches to listen to themselves coach all the time. So that's just like a little extension of that. Yeah. Yeah. And we can add to multi-purpose. Right. Right. But another one that was fun was a lot of people, if you think about karaoke and you go to karaoke and they might, somebody might sing my youngest son is so into Whitney Houston. Uh, I will always love you right now. He's oh, that's not, so fun. I have no idea why. But if you listen to someone sing Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You, everyone's going to sound different. And so my that's kind of the way that we want to approach our writing is not is to sound like us when we're writing. And also is to maybe think about who what voice you'd want to use if you were in karaoke. Someone suggested LL Cool J. Someone else suggested like Whitney Houston. Someone else suggested like, well, like what kind of voice do you picture in your head as a fun activity to, because sometimes we feel so serious when we're writing right? and that brings a fun angle to it, to be able to go, oh, well, I want to, like, I feel like, I don't know. Beyonce. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to bring out my Beyonce or I'm going to whatever, whatever is at the moment. So I love that. So just being able to almost play act or or put on a, and and I had in one of my episodes, I had talked about having an alter ego. So sort of bringing out an alter ego in that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so fun. I don't know why my light's going on and off. So I apologize for that. So Sarah, if people would like to follow you, get a hold of you, learn more about you, how can they do that? Yeah. So my website, sarahtalbert.com. 
And I'm on Instagram, sandbar underscore marketing. Those are the two places. All right. And we will have those links in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much because this is just important. People need to understand how to get their message out there. And, and you gave great information for that. So I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So there you have it. More tools to put into your box. Your box is probably getting pretty heavy by now. And I hope you enjoyed what Sarah has to offer. If you'd like to know more about Sarah, go to starcoatshow.com slash 280, starcoatshow.com slash 280, and access the show notes for this episode so that you can connect with Sarah. Now, Sarah shared in her bonus content for our upcoming membership site, the importance of research to really make your messaging effective. She talks about just how much research is really needed to make an effective message. So if you're interested in that, watch for our upcoming membership site. Next week, I welcome Eugenia Oganova to the show. Eugenia is going to be talking about soul expertise, about how connecting wholly to what we do and being fully connected with who we are all the way to our soul is what will create success and flow in our businesses. So be sure to come back next week for that. If you're enjoying the show, consider leaving a rate and review wherever you listen so that more coaches find us. And if you are in a place of needing either continuing education or mentor coaching, be sure to check out starcoachshow.com slash mentor. That's starcoachshow.com slash mentor. So until next week, I wish you the very best for your continued success. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and we'll see you next week.